So the big question is this. How are successful everyday athletes over 30 like us who work hard, who don't have much time and who are always having to juggle life and family? How are we able to live a pain-free athletic lifestyle? How do we train? What do we eat? And what do we do different that allows us to get the most out of life but still have time for all our hobbies, family and friends? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. Welcome to the Fit Over 30 podcast. Welcome to the Fit Over 30 podcast, the podcast for people over 30 who want to lose weight, get stronger and live better. I'm your host, Josh Kennedy from a very sunny uh, Wigan. It's fantastic. Uh, I have no insults for James Breeze today. He's just there in Wales. Uh, how is the weather? <laughs> I'm very disappointed. I, I know. I'm, I'm t- I've got nothing. I've got nothing for you. I'm sure all the listeners and everybody were hoping on for the perfect insult that you give to me about Wales or being Welsh or anything in the lines of like being intimate with sheep or something along those lines. Yep. Or, you know, having accidents while you're running and, you know, generally pooing yourself, drinking <laughs> yep. pea, pea coloured water, all the usuals. Anyway, no, I've got none of that. Oh, sorry, people. Uh, we apologise. In fact, we'll just end the podcast there today. <laughs> That's it. So we're going to say, uh, what is going on? What's going on? Oh God, Everton lost the manager this week. That was, uh, that's not been good for my week. We've got two bees nests in the house. So uh, it's getting worse. <laughs> it's all going really well. So it's going really well. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm having a great week. I've been out from the mountains. I've been playing cricket finally because the weather's nice. I'm off to Hills Brecon tonight, which is a really famous burger place. Mm. Um, Delicious. Can't wait to go that tonight. So. It really is Burger Friday. It is Burger Friday. Always Burger Friday. That's how we all. But tonight we're going out for burgers because we can because restaurants are open. Woo! Woohoo! Yay! Although we're basically not allowed to leave the country no. ever again. Um, <laughs> I won't get into that because that'll be annoying. Uh, right, let's talk about the podcast. We're talking about um, family members, health, and diabetes because you've got a. Sh- story to share about your dad who's recently been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes uh, and we're going to talk how you how we you are approaching it yeah right I, and a bit of background on your dad he was a he is a farmer and he's been really very active right because he's, he's never really had a need for exercise because as a farmer he's obviously been incredibly active however he had cancer in the past and then that uh, things took a, a different turn so you can take it up from there yeah, sure. So yeah, it's a bit of a personal one today and a bit of um, something to share about and talk about. It's something with my dad that we've, we've had to help, try and help him with over, I think, close to 14, 15 years now, mm-hmm. which, is a, which is a hell of a long time. So just for a quick, quick yeah, as you said, a quick backstory. Three weeks ago, he was saying I wasn't on off, he's saying I wasn't feeling good. I'm feeling lethargic, more lethargic than normal. You know, his diet hasn't been good. We know that for a long time. I said, maybe something to do with you eat. But, you know, worth going to the doctors to get checked out. Anyway, did some blood tests. He came back with type 2 diabetes. Isn't a, isn't a bit of a, isn't a shock, really, because he is overweight. And we, we've been trying to help him deal with it for quite some time now. But as I said, it's a, it's a typical stubborn family member type case. I'm sure many people out there can relate. No matter how much we may be into health and fitness or how much we care about it and want to spread the world, not everyone is so ready and willing to listen or... Yeah, but even if the family members, like my dad, for instance, we can come on to that later, my dad, even if they are in health and fitness, they don't necessarily want to listen to their sons. No, <laughs> no. never, ever, ever. Even even though, which is even funnier, like I, yeah. help, I helped dad lose a stone last, last year. Yeah, 
but that's part because I was living with them because of COVID. Like I was yeah. literally back living on the farm. I was able to help him with his food and motivate him. <laughs> like it was it was great. But yeah, no. But then he put it all back on again as soon as I left because there was no coping mechanisms or and other things took took a turn for the worse. He went back to work because he was off the yep. you know everything that was happening. But yeah, no. But just just very quick story. Just just so people know and get the backstory. But literally about fifteen years ago, my dad got diagnosed with colon cancer. He was given literally a 20% chance of surviving. How he survived, we do not know. But they took a good chunk of his large intestine out to uh, to fix the issue. Now, fast track 10 years, he had 13 further operations to rectify the issues that was caused. But he had a colostomy bag for what, for about four years. That's got removed and everything. But the, the initial, like, um, when they did the surgery, they had to repair that four times. He had a hernia. Uh, he had pancreatitis, literally his... Pancreatitis. Yeah, he had all sorts go wrong. But the, the hernia happened about four times as well. So it's a long, it's a long complex case of medical his, history. However, the, the problem was, it was like my dad was a farmer, grew up outside, living outside his entire life. He's never, he's one of the strongest people I've ever met. He's never set foot in a weight room, ever, ever. Like, you know, hay bales is his thing. I literally used to watch him chuck hay bales off the back of the trailer. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> the there's, your, there's your weight room. Doesn't, exactly, doesn't and you do it for days. And then when you were hay baling, we'd be doing it days on end or like grabbing sheep and like, you know, shearing. You know, all these sorts of things you'd see, like, he was just super strong. And when we, when we were selling kettlebells with kettlebell fever, like we had all the kilo, kilos from eight up to 92 kilos in stock. My dad would be unloading the lorries with me and he'd be like doing it twice through it. I was just like, holy shit, I can't keep up here. <laughs> Sometimes, even now, this, this is like post-surgery as well. No, but, the, but the, the point being like he was an active person, never sat in the weight room. He lived a, he's lived a typical Welsh farmer lifestyle. And what I mean by that is you're up early in the morning, you have first breakfast at six o'clock. I love it. First breakfast. I love first that. First breakfast at six o'clock. <laughs> you know, you come in at 9.30 for tea and cake. Literally tea and cake at 9.30. You have lunch at 11.30 to 12. You come in for tea and cake again at 3 to 3.30. And then you have dinner ready for 6.37, which my grandmother was making on the you know the farm next door. So a lot of cake here, a lot of food. You know, he was burning. He was working so much. I was going to say, but with that lifestyle, it doesn't matter, does it? It's no. uh, burning it off. So much, so much. He never thought, but he's grown up with that for over 60 years of his life. Yeah. You know, that was that was the norm. Um, but when he had cancer, when he was in a hospital, he went from being active to virtually sedentary, you know, which isn't good. It isn't good for his mindset, isn't good for so many different reasons. So obviously he was still in the mindset he could eat everything and his weight ballooned, like literally completely ballooned. So I, I don't know how to put it. I should, I should have Googled what his weight was in pounds and kilos beforehand, but he has gone from like 12, 13 stone all the way up to 17 stone, which is a hell of a lot of weight. Well, let's, uh, while you're talking, still I can Google what 17 stone is. For what was happening. So anyway, he, could, he couldn't work, couldn't do it, all these sorts of things. But the, the point being was that it, his whole life changed around, but his eating habits hadn't changed in the slightest. In fact, they probably got even worse. He was more reliant. He suddenly started doing takeaways more with my mum. Or he was, uh, like I said, well, we'll go into specifics in, in a bit now, but he was... Things changed, things happened. He put on weight. He tried to lose it a little bit on his own because he's stubborn as anything. He wouldn't listen to any advice I would. So you'd literally go on these yo-yo dieting type things. You'd diet for three, four weeks, lose a lot of weight, then put it all back on again. Similar to what he did last summer. But again, not interested in exercise, never set foot inside a gym, didn't want to do anything about it at all. 
But you made some, um, quickly, uh, 17 stone is 108 kilos, or in pounds, it is 238 pounds. So, big fella, big fella. Big fella. Uh, yeah, you made some changes dietary for him last year, right? And he was got on the uh, the protein shakes for his breakfast, and he lost a load of weight, right? Yeah, he did. I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend meal replacement shakes for most people. Like, it's not here. Again, it's, it's, again, it sounds ridiculous. My dad's never had to cook a meal for himself in his life. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the farmer's it's the farmer's lifestyle. My grandmother was making food on the table for all the workers. So my dad, all the workers, they come in for lunch, dinner, all everything prepared. So you know, his skills in the kitchen are not there. I think it's, it's you know, if I asked him to cook some chicken breast, like you panic, <laughs> like you <Yeah>. not, <laughs> like a microwave is pretty much his own it's li- life life skill cooking in it. You can't beat it. Is, it. it is a life you can't skill. Can't beat it. Yes. It's funny, and I, I can definitely relate to people who struggle with these sorts of things because I've seen it firsthand with my dad. Like, it just yeah. it overcomplicates things. He sees, like, he gets stressed, and he yeah. doesn't, want to, doesn't want to do it. That's that's kind of how it... Well, I th- I, to be fair, I think you, in the last year, you've probably cooked more than you've... Yeah. You've never been a master. You weren't before, were you, really? No, 100% not. And I was mostly because my, my, my travel. I was just all quick on the road, keep going. But now I'm finally in one place, and, like, living here made a bit of a difference. So I can definitely relate to how you how he was doing that. But like last year, we, we literally, the only things I changed were, were like, instead of him having his Frosties in the morning, like Kellogg's Frosties in the morning with milk, which he'd always do, I suggested that he might be dairy intolerant like myself, because he was suffering from all the same symptoms as I had if I had milk, which was he was farting a lot. He was going back and forth to the toilet. His, his, his shit stunk, if I'm, if I'm being brutally honest. Dad, I'm telling the world about you now, all right? And like, you know, he was literally hiccuping and burping up sick every now and then. And it was like, Dad, that's everything I have. So let's just try it out and see what happens. So that's the first thing we did. And he felt better. He had more energy. And then the second thing was I like, just changed his, his breakfast in the morning in the morning, something super simple. So we used Huel replacement shakes, two scoops of some fruit, various different things in there. And it worked. We, we dropped the stone in 20 pounds or whatever. In like in about three or four months, nothing else, no exercise, nothing, nothing in there of the sorts. But again, I went away. He started working. He was working again anyway, but he was working again. But things changed. My grandmother actually died, so he was no longer having meals made by her. So he was having to be on his own again, which is kind of like which kind of, which is kind of crazy to think about it. But he didn't know what to do, so he was. So went back on the milk. Back not, on the not as good quality food, I guess. No, nope. he was going to like takeaways, bakeries, buying bacon rolls out all the time, like cheap nasty bread with even cheaper bacon, <laughs> you know, or whatever it was. His things changed anyway. Balloon back up again. Everything we lost. I almost see it as a failure in my hands. I wasn't. I was helping him lose weight, but I wasn't teaching the life skills. And that's a lesson for anybody to learn. You can help. You can lead a horse to water, right? But you've also got to teach them to fish. Like you know, you can you can give them a fish, or you can show them how show them how to fish. Horses, horses fishing water. What? That's all good, good analogy. <laughs> I know, but anyway. So the, anyway, that's a bit of the backstory of what was happening there. Put it back on here now. Anyway, Lethargy went to the doctors, and with someone like my dad, he's very stubborn, doesn't want to listen, and you've got to like sow the seeds a little bit and like say, hey, have you thought about doing this? And miraculously, two weeks later, he does it. Yeah. <laughs> Like it was his own idea. <laughs> exactly. And so this is the thing here now. So this, this is what I'm going to share is that for anyone out there today who's got a member who's got maybe diabetes or someone who's stubborn who needs to make health changes for whatever reason here now, 
This is the approach I'm taking with my father. Whether it's the right approach or wrong approach, it depends. Each person is unique. But we can say with some degree of certainty that dietary and lifestyle interventions can significantly improve type 2 diabetes. In some people's cases, put it into remission altogether, but obviously that varies from person to person. Yes, and that's what I'd love to help see with my dad. So reading up a lot about nutrition. Again, in the last 12 months, I've been doing so much about nutrition and reading and writing and research. I'm kind of intrigued about this now as well. But the, the first thing I gave with my dad is he's still sedentary, still working quite a sedentary job. He's not he's no longer farming, uh, but he's quite sedentary. So the first thing I got him doing and when it came out was, hey, dad, let's just try going for a walk consistently. That's it. Again, go back, goes back to WWS, walk, water, sleep. <laughs> so it's, he's, he's a notoriously bad sleeper. We'll get onto the water bit in a second. But yeah, no, so he's, so he said, get him out walking. So every day after work now, he walks for one and a half to two miles. And he's trying to increase his pace slowly. And he's been doing that consistently for the last three weeks now. And believe, believe it or not, he's got more energy. He's feeling better for it. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, which, which is great. And that's his, that's his exercise right now. It's his exercise and how he's moving and doing better. And he wants to do more. He's also quoted me saying he can now keep my, yeah, my niece a little bit better when she runs up the hills and uh, <laughs> stuff. Because he said, I, I don't want to share it before, but I couldn't keep up with her. It was really annoying me. And I felt embarrassed. And I said, well, okay, well, now you can keep up with her. So there you go. That's the, that was the first thing we did. Didn't talk about food, didn't even touch it because in the state of overwhelm and everything that's going on, most people will ultimately go for food. I gone for walking, get him feeling better, clear his head, better state of mind, started to work. We then touched on the water thing. So I started asking, hey, Dad, what are you, what are you drinking during the day? And then this is, this is the thing that really stood out to me. I was like, I told this the other day. Like I said, okay, what are you drinking? How much water are you drinking through the day, Dad? Um, a couple of glasses. But then he said to me, I'm having more tea and coffee. Okay, well, give me an idea. Well, he says, I'm making myself about eight to 10 cups of coffee a day. I went, what? Wow, <laughs> yeah. And then he dropped the bombshell. In those coffees, I put two large teaspoons of sugar in each of them. In eight to 10 cups. <laughs> so let's just talk a high ball figure here now. Let's just say he's having 10 cups. Like you said, eight to 10 cups. You know, in a teaspoon of sugar, he spoke, there's about 30 calories. Yeah. So he's having 600 calories a day of in sugar, sugar alone. Yeah. And obviously diabetes and sugar, not a good mix. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not a good mix. No, and we're talking like if you do the math, seven times six, you're looking at 3,600 calories a week yeah. Yeah. from that alone. So the first thing I said, sugar, dad, type two, you go, yep. Okay, just consider it. Didn't say anything else. But he's now cut it, cut it out because he doesn't like coffee or tea without sugar. And so cut it out. So gone can totally cold turkey. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So he's, he just doesn't like it. So I'm not. I'm not drinking it. And guess what? Which also means he's cut out his milk. Uh, yeah. Not drinking tea or coffee without sugar. He doesn't even like it, even with milk in. <laughs> right. So suddenly, just that, just that one little thing has changed around. And because of that, he's drinking more water. He's having more. I said. I said he doesn't like water on its own. He likes something with flavour. So he's having electrolytes. In his water, like a flavored electrolyte to keep it up that. And he's been doing that. He's been drinking two liters at least a day of water. And it's miraculously enough, guess what's happened? He's feeling more energetic, <laughs> less lethargic. And his thing was he was yeah. coming home at the end of the day and falls asleep on the sofa. But he hasn't done that. He's been out doing more stuff. He's been annoying my mother by all, by all accounts, <laughs> by being more busy, more active. But the point is that those are the two things that have happened that we've seriously changed but like it was that was the thing it was like and what's he uh what's he lost now this week he's lost seven pounds in a week brilliant seven pounds this week um, and that's big weight loss 
Big weight loss. Wouldn't generally recommend that, but just nope. making that one change for him and it's dropped off. Dropped off. Yeah, 100%. He's, uh, the sleep's little, he's always slept badly. Uh, he, he gets side effects from the key. He has tingling side effects from the chemo when he had it. So he always wakes up in the middle of the night struggling with that. So it's always a, that's always going to be a struggle for him. But the fact is, like, we've just, I haven't talked about food. I haven't said anything at all about that yet because it's just too complex for him. He, he can't handle it. Uh, it sounds like I'm patronizing him, but I'm not. I just, I just know my dad inside out. He just, he just, he, you know, he can do so many different things. However, when it comes to nutrition, he's just like, it's too much. Therefore, I'm not going to do it. It's brain overload. But as you said, it's just uh, baby steps. Yeah. One thing at a time. You know, nail is walking. No more coffee, milk. Yeah. See how that goes for um, sugar. Yeah. See how that goes for a month or two. And then you can move on if needs be. Exactly. But the one thing he's done, he's done on his own because he's feeling better. Yeah. He said himself, like I said, I'm not snacking as much. Like he, I'm not going for the bread rolls or like you know he's. I haven't told him kind of carbs. I've just said, hey, just watch out for the sugar in the in the coffee. Yeah. And but he's now making better choices himself. He's like, like I said, this week he, he rather than going to buy a bacon roll or something from like a cheap nasty bakery, he's now going to the local grocery store, picking up a, a, a tub of salad and buying a packet of chicken, ready cooked chicken to put on top of the salad, and that's what he's doing himself. Yeah. Um, without me saying anything at all. So it's, it's, he's thinking about things, but he's like a bit of a better mindset to it. But it was a type two that's given him a bit of a kick in the ass to start realizing what to do. So the point being is like when, when you have family members out there, like I know it's so easy to say, you must do this. And this is what my mother and my sisters are doing, actually. They're telling him what he can and can't do. And that's, that's a, for a lot of people, most people, it's the worst thing you can do. You'll just be like, right, no, not going to do that. Because I, I, was, I was home on the weekend, and I was sitting around a table, and I was listening to my mum and my sister. Now, God bless them, you know, lovely people. However, they're nutritionally incompetent themselves. They don't know what to mm. do. Very intelligent people. I'm not saying that at all, but they've never co- they don't coach people when it comes to nutrition. Yeah. You know, they do other things. One's a comedian, professional comedian. The other's a woman teacher. <laughs> right? <laughs> all right? And they're not into that sport, but they, they were telling him he should be doing this, doing this, and listing off like 20 things he needs to do and how they're going to change everything at once. Isn't it funny? But you, you would never try and stand on stage and do a comedy no. uh, comedy sketch or go into a school. Prime, primary school, year three. Primary and school and try and teach English or something, would you? But yep. when it comes to health and fitness, everyone has an opinion. 100%. 100%. And I sat there and I just stayed quiet. I didn't, but what I was watching was the reaction of my dad. My dad literally just like just glazes over, completely glazes over, listening to them going, "Yeah, yeah, 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 whatever," and just walks out. And I and I and I go into the lounge after to speak to him. I go, "Dad, are you taking that in?" He goes, "Nope, yeah, good, don't." <laughs> <laughs> just keep on doing what you're doing and focus on here. And that's the key thing is like it's so easy as family members to offer advice and keep telling you, but we aren't receptive to fam- of the family members. Think about it. You know, as kids, do you listen to your mum and dad all that, all that often? Well, Not Henry really. doesn't listen to a word I say, so no. <laughs> but that's the thing. So, like, yeah. the point being, like, I'm just, I'm, I want to, we'll update this as it goes along, is, is progress and see what we're doing, what changes we're doing. But like, in the short space of time, is that we're keeping it simple. I don't want to overwhelm him. He's already feeling pretty shit about himself, you know, but having it now. But it is a, it's a bit of a wake up call for him. He's making the decision. He's ready to make the change, but it's like just leading him slowly down the path going on. Brilliant. 
like baby steps and just quickly i think i mentioned this a while back talking about family members is my dad and he's been a runner for 40 50 years and after you wrote maximum aerobic power i was telling him about that and uh i was explaining about you know low heart rate etc which actually low heart rate we're going to talk about on the next podcast and he was like no what i can't i can't do that I can't that's that's ridiculous i'm never going to run you know i can't get my heart rate that low and i was like okay well cool i left the book and he read it and then a week or two later he's like do, do you know uh that if you ran it blah 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 it's much better i've tried it out it's like oh did you dad all right <laughs> you know what i mean like it was his idea exactly <laughs> It is sometimes with your family members, you're gonna sow the seed, yeah. let it plant it, and let it sit there for a few weeks, and they'll come out. They'll come out with a thing. It's their own idea, yeah? <laughs> yeah. and that's that's what happens. The older you get, the more you realise that. You just give yeah. people a little nudge in the right. It's that again. It comes down to good co- coaching. This is the skills you've learned over the years through coaching, right? Yeah, and you only pick up that through experience. It's like when I oh God, when I first started training and coaching people, I wanted to tell everyone in the world how great it was. I've learned this amazing thing. You need to do this and tell oh everyone God, yeah, and shout yeah. from the rooftops and nothing, just nothing. And you realize over time is that the people who listen will listen. Eventually, you don't need to shout. You just need to give them a little nudge in the right direction so they make the decisions up themselves. Exactly. Cool. It's been good. We're going to jump, finish this one and then jump straight back on another podcast, I think. And it's... Uh... Still beautiful. I'll try and think of some insults for the next introduction. Please well, I don't know whether I'll do it. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time. Want more fitness secrets? Want to see the very best that Strength Matters has to offer? If so, then go start your free seven-day coaching experience at strengthmatters.com today. Our expert coaches will take you through the assessment process and help you put a workable plan into action. Together, we will finally uncover what's holding you back and put you on the path to success. Start your free seven-day coaching experience today. Visit www.strengthmatters.com to get started.